first time. Swiss manufactured, French hoarded, Italian squandered. Americans say it is money, Hindus say it does not exist. You know what I see? Hello, everyone. This is Brent Stark, and I'd like to welcome you to the most precious commodity podcast, which is a podcast of all the stories that I've written over the last several months, with the theme being time. What do we do with the time we have? Why does it always seem to go so fast? And then what happens when we run out? Well, today's story is called Jolly Old St. Beatrice Bane. It's a Christmas story in a tongue twister of a title and a long one, but it's a Christmas story. And honestly, for the last several months, I've been wanting to write a Christmas story, but I couldn't get anywhere. Not at all. And you're familiar with this. With Christmas, there's all kinds of stories out there. Cartoons and movies, some facts, some fiction, some sacred, some secular, all kinds of Christmas stories. So if you want to write a unique one, it was tough. And I wanted to write a unique one. So I've spent several months toiling and toiling with ideas in my brain until finally over Thanksgiving break, I was, I was able to think of one. And it's Jolly Old St. Beatrice Bane. And ironically, two days after writing this one, I wrote another one, which I'll share next week. I went months without being able to think of a story. And then within two days, I had two of them. And the one I'm going to read to you today is called The Jolly Old St. Beatrice Bane. I'll read it to you. Hopefully it's unique. You find it unique. And then afterwards, I'll share with you a little bit of the thinking behind the story and then what is happening next week. So I present to you Jolly Old St. Beatrice Bane. You are going to sit there until you figure it out. No, no, think. Are you sure you're seeking the right profession? It's more than just delivering toys to good little girls and boys one night a year. How do you not know this? I thought you wanted to be a Santa Claus. Ah, I'm sorry, but this... I don't think this is a good fit at all. You're not Santa Claus material. I think at best we part ways and you just go home. Perhaps some time away will clear your mind a bit and you can just come back and maybe work in toy production or distribution with the elves. You will never, ever be Santa Claus. If you can't figure out how to increase Christmas magic, then you failed. Go home. You are a failure. Beatrice had always wanted to be Santa Claus for as long as she could remember. When most kids her age wanted to be superheroes or famous athletes, she was quite content to pretend that she was wrangling up a team of reindeer to deliver toys around the world. Her crew consisted of her two dogs, Chris and Kringle, four stuffed animals, a basketball with a painted-on face, and a reindeer craft which she made in kindergarten. Her flying reindeer crew appeared a bit uh, ragtag, but she was happy with them. She would secretly keep naughty and nice lists of her friends and family, 
warning them if they metaphorically dance too close to the edge. Beatrice hated Cole, but would use it if necessary to motivate her loved ones to be better. According to Beatrice, her predictive naughty and nice list had a 97% accuracy rate, which was well above the rate of other aspiring Santas. Her wardrobe consisted mainly of red suits, black boots, and hats with large, white, dangling pom-poms. Now, even though Beatrice couldn't pinpoint exactly when her aspirations began, her parents had a pretty good idea of her dream's origins. The Elementary School Christmas Bazaar Every year, Beatrice's school would host a little shop specifically for students to buy Christmas presents for their loved ones. Most items were crafts made by parents and were priced under a dollar. And if kids played their cards right, they could leave the bazaar with uh, quite a haul of goodies. Beatrice loved the bazaar. She relished taking her own money and deciding what to buy for her loved ones. Christmas ornaments made out of clothespins and seashell paperweights, clothes hanger wreaths. Oh, she was in heaven. Her favorite part, though, was, was seeing the joy in her family's faces when they received a gift chosen with love by Beatrice, specifically for the recipient. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is beyond anything I've ever dreamed of. She never got over that feeling and soon decided that was going to be her lifelong dedication spread joy to all the world through the magic of Christmas. It wasn't long before little Beatrice grew up and left for college. Her school of choice was unlike any of her friends. After all, no other college has offered a career in becoming Santa Claus other than the one Beatrice ultimately settled on attending. While Christmas-themed shows and movies have you believe that Santa is hundreds and hundreds of year old, He's not, and he isn't necessarily a he either. He's just a regular person who possesses the belief, dedication, training, and development for the big job via the world's only Santa training program. Beatrice became a flying reindeer of Old St. Nick University in Christmastown, North Pole. She majored in toy production and distribution with a minor in carbohydrates. Beatrice made the Kringle list every semester, earning straight A's in such courses as winter storm maneuverability, temperamental reindeer management, carb loading for extreme weight gain, chimneyology, study of how to enter a house with or without a chimney, sleigh propulsion, how to avoid detection, the principles and ethics of partnering with mall Santas, elf humor, how to really tell who has been naughty and nice, the naughty and nice database, philosophy, what constitutes naughty, toy distribution, quality control, it's abominable, not bumble, how to create your own North Pole operation, and her favorite, the magic of school Christmas bazaars. Beatrice loved college and the career path she had chosen. It seemed like she was on the right track until the capstone course, the Santa internship. (laughs) 
her last class was an intensive six-week study with the big man himself, Santa Claus. <laughs> Beatrice would need to take all of the principles she had learned in her classes and complete a capstone project meant to boost either Christmas's productivity or culture. This would all be done under the scrutinous eye of Santa. For the last several years, Christmas magic has been plummeting. Just 30 years ago, Christmas magic had reached an all-time high of 102. This year, it was hovering right around 17. Christmas magic, in its most basic form, is the age that people still believe in the goodness and wonder of Christmas. There are a lot more factors involved. The, The math gets pretty complex. But in 1990, people upwards of 100 years old still trusted in Christmas magic. But lately, it has decreased to 17 years old. Adults were losing faith, and the concern was that children would soon as well. During the capstone, Beatrice would need to work with Santa as to increasing Christmas magic. The goal was to achieve an increase of almost 100% to over 30 by the end of the six-week course. If she was successful in the endeavor, she would graduate and be promoted to Santa next in line, succession once Santa retires. Unfortunately, it was not a good experience for Beatrice or Santa. (laughs) Beatrice struggled to develop any concrete strategies to increase the magic for those older than 17. I mean, her primary focus had been on children for so long that She had difficulty developing ideas to reach older people. Santa didn't like it for a similar reason. Why am I worrying about adults? I deliver toys to boys and girls, but if the number dropped any more, it would start affecting children, dramatically impacting North Pole business. Santa had been in this position for almost 50 years. He did not like change. The business of Christmas operated the same every year. January through March was rest and cutting back on carbs. April was reindeer tryouts. May through July was elf hiring and training. Sir, yes, sir! Let me see your war face! Sir, you got a war face? Ah! That's a war face! Now let me see your war face! Ah! You didn't convince me! Let me see your real war face! You don't scare me! Work on it! Sir, yes, sir! August was professional development opportunities. September through November was toy production and carb loading. December, the big month, was toy production, distribution, and quality control. What went wrong? What went well on the big night? This year, he would need to figure out how to increase Christmas magic? That wasn't in his job description. After 15 years, he had a hard enough time getting motivated to do his own job, let alone address some new challenge. Santa was grumpy, real grumpy, and probably should have checked his own personal Christmas magic meter as well. No, Spinal, you are a failure, he said to Beatrice in one last stab to the heart. Beatrice was sent home. For 15 years, all she ever wanted to be was the next Santa. And now that opportunity was gone. 
She packed up her belongings, said her goodbyes to the elves and the reindeer, and left the North Pole, failing to reach the pinnacle of her aspirations. Beatrice returned to her home in the Midwest, but life was unlike anything she'd experienced during her time away at the North Pole. She was an adult now with no job, no prospects, bills to pay, a case of depression, and a chronic health condition brought on by extreme carb loading. On top of those challenges, Christmas was coming soon, a stark reminder of her rejection. Two weeks before Christmas, Beatrice was feeling completely overwhelmed. Everywhere she looked, there was Santa. He was on television, in movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jingle all the way. Parades and in shopping malls. And each time she saw an imposter, she remembered what the real one had said to her. You are a failure. Oh, she needed to get away. Maybe a drive will clear my mind, she thought. She was careful not to turn on the radio because the last thing she wanted to hear was Santa Claus is coming to town. The snow started to fall softly as Beatrice drove through her town. She smiled. It reminded her of Christmas Eve as a child when she and a friend would make snow forts in the dark. So peaceful that night as they quietly packed the snow in piles four feet high with thoughts of the next day's morning dancing loudly in their heads. Oh, over there, look, over there was a minor incline that she sledded down as a child. It seemed so much bigger then. The snow continued to fall. She passed a bowling alley that reminded her of all the times she and her dad went bowling on Christmas Eve. Each year, she won one game. She wondered if her dad did that on purpose. Oh, how she missed her dad and treasured those memories. Christmas lights of all colors twinkled as she drove slowly through her hometown neighborhoods. She relived all the time her family would pack tightly into their minivan to find the house with the most Christmas lights. And always, without failure, the house on Flagpole Hill would be declared the winner. Every nook and cranny was covered with a green, a white, or a red light. The houses and residents and decorations all may have changed, but that spirit of Christmas still thrived in those lights. And then there it was. Off in the distance, under the blanket of white drifted snow, was her old elementary school. The sight of her one and only foray into drama when she played the main character in the Christmas production of Old Tannenbaum. Of course, it was also the bazaar's location. The bazaar, the impetus of her desire to be Santa Claus. One by one, the smiling faces of her past rushed through her memories as she pictured handing them the gifts she had chosen. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is beyond anything I've ever dreamed of. 
some of those faces were gone now, but their memories still remain. Beatrice broke into a broad smile as tears of joy trickled down her cheeks. Christmas is much more than being Santa Claus. It's finding joy in the simple times. It took me 23 years to figure that out, she thought. Beatrice had no doubt that her own personal Christmas magic meter was increasing. The memories from her past, they, they brightened her spirit and gave her clarity for the future. Perhaps there were more memories to be made. Perhaps Christmas magic didn't need to die at the end of childhood. Maybe it could live on forever, she pondered. She knew what she had to do. And no, it didn't include being Santa. Well, not exactly. That dream was gone. But yet she was thankful for it. In her training, she learned exactly what she would need to do for her new career goal. Beatrice returned home and quickly searched for two textbooks that she used in college. How to tell who's been naughty and nice and how to create your own North Pole operation. She transformed her house into the North Pole-like operation but called it Heart of the Midwest. She would run it from her home while utilizing the same principles that Santa uses at the North Pole. Beatrice used the How to Tell Who's Been Naughty and Nice textbook as a template for how to identify struggling adults. If Santa can pinpoint which kids have been good or bad, then I can use the same principles to see which adults are struggling as I had. That was Beatrice's new career goal. In essence, she would be like a Santa Claus to adults by providing them with sweet memories of the past in hopes of inspiring them to embrace the present. It worked for her and she was sure, she was sure that it could work for them. She would now and forever be known as St. Beatrice Bain. Beatrice, her birth name, means bringer of joy and blessings. And she adopted the last name of Bain, B-A-I-N, because it means one who has a strong vision of the future. Beatrice used her list of struggling adults to, to give them little kernels of hope via sweet memories, ornaments, television shows, commercials, songs, visits, you name it. She utilized them all to inspire specific unforgettable memories for adults just exactly when they needed them. She mailed some, dropped others off in Christmas stockings, and even used telepathy to steer adults toward a memory. Beatrice spared no expense or strategy to build Christmas magic in adults who had lost it through all of life's struggles. Ironically, the next year, the Christmas magic meter raised to 106. Her favorite case was sending a mysterious DVD to the North Pole, and the DVD showed children's cheery faces when they opened presents on Christmas morning. Santa loved it, and it even caused him to be less grumpy 
and once again filled with Christmas magic. <laughs> Merry Christmas! If you're ever feeling low around the holidays and a Christmas song comes to mind out of the blue, or you see a painted picture that reminds you of sweet Christmases past, make sure you thank jolly old Saint Beatrice Bain and leave her a cookie or two because she carb loads as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. I I used old memories from my time as a child and other memories I kind of weaved in as well. That she was able to take her failure of wanting to become Santa, but transform it into a new idea. And that was to become basically a Santa for adults. So if you're like at the end of the story says, if you hear a Christmas song, which I hear them all the time that bring back good memories, or if you're scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and you see this peaceful Christmas picture that just brings this overwhelming sense of peace. Maybe perhaps it's jolly old St. Beatrice Bain working her Christmas magic. Well, next week I have a new story called The Three Hillside Crosses. It's about Mr. Bender. Now, Mr. Bender, he was not a good man. Not a good man at all. He got a joy out of harassing and firing his employees and even shortchanging his company's customers. But one drive past three crosses on the side of a hill changed him. I wonder how it did. You'll have to tune in next week to find out how those crosses changed Mr. Bender. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing. And a huge, huge thank you to York Campbell of Poetic Earthlings. You're welcome. Dude. Please check out his podcast. He is talented. I have no idea how he does what he does, but he makes my show sound so awesome. And I cannot thank him for all he does. Please give his uh, show a listen, buy him a coffee, do something. He is a good, good person. And in these days, when you find a person like that, man, is that a good treasure. Thank you so much, York. Thank you so much, everybody. Please tell others and have a wonderful holiday season. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. been listening to The Most Precious Commodity, written by Brent Stark. You can follow him on Twitter at MostSciFi. Do me a favor, please subscribe and spread the word about this show. Also, 
Don't squander your precious time. Use it wisely. Taking your time is 3 p.m. Give generously. Those of the sort aren't interested in you when you come in, but... Thank you for listening. When your time is up.